You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Carlo. Keon Sabani from Managing Madrid. Another question in English, if you don't mind. Uh, Pep was saying earlier today that if the game gets into a game of transitions, like it was at the Etihad last year in the first leg, he thinks that suits Manchester City. And I'm just wondering what your opinion is. Do you think an open game like that suits Real Madrid more or Manchester City? In transition, we are really strong and really dangerous. This is true, but uh, the, the, the first leg was not a game of transition. We had uh, most of the time the control of the game, and we did really well. As in the first part, uh, Manchester City had the control of the game. Will be a match of transition tomorrow? I don't think so. Hello and welcome everyone to an impromptu edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. This is Kian Zabani. It is almost 10 p.m. in Manchester. I'm in my hotel room. I wasn't planning on recording anything tonight, but I had a meal after a long, grueling day. It was my first meal of the day. Just finished it. That's the kind of day it's been. Early train to Manchester from London, then straight to uh, Manchester City's press conferences. First it was Kyle Walker. Then it was Pep Guardiola, and then we went to City's training session. We had two hours to do some work, and then we walked over to the Etihad from the training ground, and then we dove into Modric's press conference and Carlos' press conference, and then Real Madrid training, uh, and then, yeah, just a long, long day, and it was it was quite an amazing day. I, I won't lie, it was, you know, in some ways physically demanding, 
because I hadn't eaten and I hadn't slept much. But in other ways, so rewarding and so beautiful to see um, Manchester for the first time and just being a part of the Etihad experience. I've never been here before. So I didn't get a chance to come here last year. And above all, more than the fact that it was Manchester, it was just kind of really interesting to be part of the day because it kind of really hit me that like, wow, tomorrow night is a massive, massive game. And I know that's an understatement. I don't need to sell you on that. But it really kind of hit me when I was there and taking part of the experience. The amount of journalists that were there for a pregame press conference was full for all four sessions. Uh, just a lot of people, a lot of just a, a feeling that this is almost the Champions League final tomorrow. It's a lot of respect, by the way, for Milan and uh, Inter and what they did in the Champions League semifinal and you know, there's about five minutes left in that game and Inter are up one nothing and 3 nothing on aggregate. So I just turned it off and decided to turn the mic on. So it looks like it's going to be Inter in the final. And regardless of who passes to the final, and I know it's really premature and arrogant to say this, obviously, but there is a feeling that if Manchester City or Real Madrid can get to the final, they're, they got a really good chance at beating Inter. Uh, but first things first, it just... It's more a point about the magnitude of tomorrow night's game and what it feels like and how much pressure there is on Manchester City to to win it. And you could really, really feel it in the press conference and the way Pep was speaking. Like, you know, he was questioned about his legacy if he doesn't win the Champions League. And he rightfully said, look, my legacy is exceptional. And I, I can't remember if the word was exceptional or amazing. He used one of those two words. and uh, But he kept basically kind of just talking about how look we know how important it is tomorrow we're not stupid we know exactly what this means for everyone you know we've been here pep kept saying i've lost more than i've won and you could feel like this is really weighing on him and uh i wonder how much his tune and tone about the narrative of the champions league will will change change if he wins it finally with city but he did reiterate today like someone asked him explain please the greatness of real madrid in the Champions League, why do you say that they're the kings of the Champions League? Why are they so great? And he basically said, I don't know the answer to that question. If I knew, then I would have tried to replicate it, and I haven't been able to. So he kind of went back and said, like, look, they have great players. They've always had great players, but so do we. Um, and it's just kind of weighing heavy on him on a psychological burden to not only keep falling short in the Champions League, but to have fallen short last year to Real Madrid to have fallen short uh, in 2014 to Real Madrid when he was with Bayern. So you can you can tell it's something that he feels that there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders to win tomorrow and all that stuff. And he said, look, look, we arrive in a good moment and we're playing good football. We're on course for multiple trophies. But it doesn't matter how we arrive and how we feel. We have to play better than we did in the first leg. And I think what's interesting about tomorrow night is that there is a lot of unknown about what's going to happen tomorrow. And I know like we can kind of just envision it. We envision a tight game. I don't think either of these two teams are that much better than each other if one of them's better. It's going to be a marginal win. Um that's my prediction. But I also I also think there's kind of like a variability here and whether intentional or unintentional, there's been mind games, right? This goes all the way back to the post-game press conference after Real Madrid beat Getafe. 
where Ewan McTeer was in the room and someone had asked about Rodrigo and Ancelotti misinterpreted the question about uh, Rudiger. Or sorry, uh, misinterpreted the question about um, Rodrigo when the question was about Rudiger. And he said that he will start thinking that the person that we were talking about was Rodrigo, but in fact it was Rudiger. So everyone came away with the feeling of, okay, Ancelotti has confirmed Rodrigo is going to be on the bench, basically, and Rudiger is going to come in. Rudiger, Militao, Alaba, Rodrigo off the bench because Kamavinga goes to midfield, Fede Valverde goes to the right wing. And what's funny is that Ewan McTeer picked up on this right away. He tweeted about it that night. He said, confusion in the press conference. Some journalists interpreted that Ancelotti said that Rudiger was going to start, and that's not what he said. And it's amazing that Ewan picked up on that and no one else did because today when I was at the press conferences, I was speaking to uh, uh, some some journalists, and I won't mention who, but they said, yeah, well, Rudiger is going to start because Rudiger, uh, it was confirmed by Ancelotti in the post-game press conference. And I, and I thought to myself, like, hold on a sec. Ewan confirmed, but then I said, you know, like, well, these guys are insiders. Maybe they they just heard something different today and 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 but then you know it was cleared up, up right away the first question in the press conference where Ancelotti said look I thought we were talking about Rodrigo I I misinterpreted I did not mean to say that Rudiger was going to start now like by the end of this by the end of tonight like no one knows because <laughs> Ancelotti has neither said Rodrigo will start nor Rudiger will start so we'll have to kind of leave some room for imagination basically we have three likely scenarios of sorts. One is we get a replica of the first leg starting lineup, uh, or we get the Rudiger, Militao, Alaba trifecta at the back line, which means Kamavinga goes to DM, which means Fede Valverde goes to right wing, which means Rodrigo goes to the bench. Or option C, which is um, pretty straightforward as well. Same lineup as the first leg, except Militao comes in for Rudiger. Obviously, there's disadvantages and advantages to both. There's an article about that on Managing Madrid actually today about that exact thing. So me personally, and I think you guys have heard me say this before, we also uploaded a clip today. I don't know if playing Rudiger and Militao together is necessarily the, the way to go in terms of just the dominoes it sets off. Like, is it really worth having to shoehorn both of those guys if it means demoting Rodrigo. And Rodrigo has been so important in helping Benzema Vinicius in attack. I also think he's underrated defensively. So for everyone who's saying, well, you know, with Rodrigo on the bench, will be better defensively? I, I don't know. Maybe you guys missed how hard he works on that wing defensively and how hard he worked uh, in the first leg, helping Carvajal as well against Grealish. So I think we have to give Rodrigo the benefit of the doubt that he can actually hit his defensive assignments and also play a little bit deeper and help him transition attacks if that's the way Carlo wants to go. But we don't know exactly what the lineup's going to be tomorrow. And uh, it's one of those games where like it could go either exactly as planned or one of these managers could throw a curveball. And I think they both did their best to make sure that no hint of curveballs were thrown at the press conference. So they're either being 100% honest or... There are some mind games here. Um, for example, Pep said today that, 
you know, we're not going to change our plan based on the opponent and what the, the other opponent does. We can't go and try to basically look for every defect in our opposition and, and change the way we play just to take advantage of those defects. We have to be who we are. He also was asked an interesting question, and uh, this is part of the reason why I asked the question to Carlo, which you heard in the beginning of this podcast. He was asked, and, and I, don't, I don't know, I, I may have like fumbled the wording, to be honest, <laughs> in my question. Uh, it was one of the last questions of the press conference. I just wanted to get it out there. I may have reworded it differently if, uh, if I were to ask it again. But essentially, going all the way back to Pep's com- press conference, someone asked him uh, about an open game. And the question basically was, hey, Pep, you said last year that you don't want an open game against Real Madrid and you don't like open games in general and it's more organized and compact if you're just full in control without having transitions either way. And is that how you still feel about this year's tie? And he said, look, if this year's tie was an open game, I'd sign up for it right away. If this game was basically like the first leg last year, I would sign up for it right away. And I thought about that. I said, well, if he wants to transition open game, I feel like Real Madrid are actually a better transition team this year, in part because Rodrigo's on the field. And Vinicius, despite um, a lot of concern midway through the season, oh, he's regressed. Turns out he actually might be better than than last year. His leaps, His leap is incredible. But of course, it's true that Benzema is not as good as he was last year. You hope he comes good and steps up in the second leg and 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 raises his level. But at the end, I, I understood Pep's point completely because all Manchester City have to do, just like the first leg last year, is outscore Real Madrid. So that was an interesting thing to just kind of ponder on today as I went through the motions of the press conferences and, and going to the training sessions and doing work in between and all that stuff. So I thought I'm going to ask Carlo about his opinion on this. And uh, you heard it, so I'm not going to paraphrase it. But I guess I would have maybe reworded it differently. Just, just I, I don't know if I necessarily in cap, uh, kind of encapsulated exactly what Pep meant in my question. So I hope it wasn't interpreted incorrectly either. But the gist of the question, I think, remains and the point remains. But what Carlo said, I think, that was most interesting in his pretty short answer was his last sentence in that he doesn't think that tomorrow's game will be open. He doesn't think that tomorrow will be game a uh, game of tran- uh, transitions. Which I kind of think, putting all that together, I guess, if we're uh, supposed to summarize and come up with some kind of prediction to the best of our abilities, it'll probably be just Manchester City trying to control the ball and then uh, and, and Real Madrid being a bit more conservative. I don't know if it's possible to me to be more conservative than they were in the first half of the first leg. So something maybe similar to that, while they can trust in their transition opportunities. But again, I will go back to this: if they are to do that and Rodrigo's not in the field, those transition opportunities are going to be a little bit more laborious. So if you had a couple chances in the first half last last time and you needed to be lethal, uh, I think it's going to be harder to do that. Until, of course. We can kind of all look ahead to the future if this plays out this way. The second leg is when Real Madrid will probably, or the second half will, is probably where Real Madrid will, will start punching City a little bit in the mouth with energy. Ceballos on the bench, Rodrigo on the bench, Chuomeni on the bench. If these guys come in the second half 
um, and start pressing and start attacking, it'll be fascinating. And we were kind of just joking about it, the journalists, like, if Rodrigo <laughs> if Rodrigo comes off the bench and scores a brace tomorrow night, I, I don't know, we might just have to... <laughs> I don't know what the ramifications of that are. I think the entire British media will melt down. I think we'll have to basically just take over Manchester tomorrow night. And I think Pep will probably just call Florentino and ask for a job. Like, I can't, I can't beat you. Put me on the coaching staff. But it just... Uh, it's going to be fascinating. And uh, sorry to put out a rambling podcast just by myself, but I, I just wanted to just verbalize some things that are in my brain right now as I get really excited for tomorrow night, slightly nervous, somewhat confident. And uh, either way, I think these two teams are actually quite evenly matched. And Carlo was asked a question in the press conference tonight too where he said uh, he was asked like, hey, Manchester City being the best team in the world, as Carlo put it, versus Real Madrid's history. What is more important? And I'm like, I think you're underselling Real Madrid a little bit when you say that. Because I I said this many times. After watching the first leg, I came away with the conclusion that these were the two best teams in the world. And it was a very, very high-level game. And I expect some something great tomorrow. I don't know what that great is. I just expect quality. And of course... Um, who deals with the pressure, which will be absolutely popping, especially as the game wears on. The psychological battles and the fortitude of the mental fortitude of both teams. It's going to be on a knife's edge. And just really, really fascinating and nerve-wracking to watch. So I'm just wanna I just wanted to put this out there, 15 minutes or so of rambling and inviting you guys all to tomorrow night's Zoom podcast. I'm going to send out the link tomorrow to patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Once I get home from the Etihad Stadium, I will hop on Zoom. We're going to get a bunch of managing Madrid staff on the call. We're going to break it down. It's going to be memorable or it's going to be therapeutic. One of those two. I just know that you guys need to be a part of it. I'm dead serious. This is not me trying to sell you on anything. This has been, everybody just looks forward to these so much. It's been so special being on the Zoom call with you guys, win or lose. And tomorrow night might be the most important Zoom call of the entire year. So please, please, please get access to the Zoom call, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. Get it ahead of time. Be ready so you can log on. And we'll see you there. Good luck. Don't eat too much before the game because uh, you might get nauseous with the the amount of ordeals you have to go through and your stomach turning and not so you want an empty stomach i think so be be safe good luck to you all regardless of what happens it's been a pleasure reporting for you guys today and uh yeah i just feeling like a, a nervous fan tonight more than a journalist to be quite honest with you let's get this Let's support the team no matter what. Kian Sabani signing off from Manchester. Halamari. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.